Welcome to the Tuesday Review. I'm Nathan, as always, joined by Callum and James in the studio, and special guest, Alum. What is going on, gentlemen? Um, All the way down from Canberra for yes, the holidays. Yes, running away from the authorities. Sneak, sneaked in. Uh, with a negative, in. a negative COVID test, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, Thanks for setting my mind at yes, ease. Yes, for everyone's safety. That's it's good it. to stay safe. No COVID test, no COVID in the studio. Uh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. That we know of. <laughs> you never know. That's it. It could have just been one of those um, sort of uh, those uh, negatives that are, that pre- what are they? Yeah. False negatives. Oh yeah. So hmm. Anyway. Yeah, and you don't know what you're touching on these surfaces. There's could be. That's it. We have the wipes, but also the wipes do it. Wipes yeah. in your hand whole time. Yeah. yeah that's and you breed like you know some kind of super bacteria. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, it's an interesting one tonight. Uh, we're going to be reviewing. I, I don't know if I'd call it uh, arguably a classic for certain reasons. I guess uh, cult classic. Cult classic, yeah. Um, it's a movie uh, of a very sp- um, specific historical window. Yeah. It's a look into a very niche sort of... Uh, subculture. Subculture of the gay community yeah. in like the sort of late 70s. Yeah. Um, New York. Yeah. Pre-AIDS. Like a very specific, before, yeah, yeah. like a year before. AIDS. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. And it's a very specific sort of look into that community and like sort of like an exploitation slasher sort of thriller. I don't know, exploit. Yeah, it has those elements. Yeah, I think it's murder mystery is the. But anyway, we're talking about cruising, cruising with Al Pacino, <laughs> the Al Pacino yeah. classic. What he's so, best known for, obviously. Oh yeah, definitely not yeah. Scarface. Definitely yeah. not the God, Scarface. Definitely not the Godfather <laughs> movies. It's um, cruising, but yeah. So we talked about this. I think it was a couple months ago now. It was because it's because of lockdowns and stuff. It was back on episode eighty-seven, but because of lockdowns, it was, it was much longer ago. Um, and I think Alan was there at the time. I think I was I because think I recall maybe. you telling me about a movie. Yeah. where there was a lot of uh, interesting things going on. Yeah, because we because I had been meaning to watch Cruising for God knows how long. It's one of those movies that I was just like you hear about. And you're like, I have to watch it. I have to watch it. And it's directed by William Friedkin, you know, the exorcist guy, you know, the, the French connection guy. So it's like, I have to see it. I have to see it. And I just kept putting it off, kept putting it off. <coughs> and then it came on Netflix. Yes. And then just randomly, Nathan decided to watch it. And he's like, everyone has to watch this. We have to talk about it on the show. And I'm like, all right, we will. And then a whole bunch life of other happens, stuff. Yeah, yeah, life happens. But we made it, guys. We made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one thing I want to say, I don't know if this is necessary, but listeners might have noticed that since we've come back from the pandemic, we've been like doing the live show on the radio. So there are certain things we can't say. We have to censor ourselves in certain aspects. And this is a movie, you can't really do that, but we're going to try our best I, I look, to I think we can talk ride the line. Look, we're all adults here, and no, I but I mean just for the in terms of the broad, broadcasting no, yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to swear. No, um, no, 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 no. But you know business, what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. we can be but gentlemanly it, about there, the topics be discussed. Sensitive topics discussed, not for the purposes of vulgarity, but rather just the overall discussion of yeah. what occurs on the film and the, um, the repercussions, the context. And, yeah, yeah. but just because, like, because yeah. I don't like to compromise in our discussions on the show. But if you are listening to the podcast, which most people do. Keep in mind that we are live on the radio, and there are certain things, certain restrictions, uh, yeah, things we can, you know, can and can't say. But I, th- I don't. Th- it shouldn't be a problem. I don't think it'll be a massive problem. Yeah. Um, I guess 
we should just go straight into spoilers. Yeah, spoiler alert. It's from like what, 1980? 1980. Yeah. 80, yeah. Yeah. Like you've had 30, 40 I, years. Well, it, it. it is still on Netflix. It is on Netflix. So yeah. if you are listening mm. and you haven't seen the movie, pause this, go watch it because you have the opportunity because it's on Netflix it's now. Not, and it's not Australia. really a long movie as well. No. It's and a breezy like hour and a half. It's yeah. like hour and 40, 40 minutes. Yeah. 45, yeah, something like that. And yeah, so you have the opportunity to watch it now and you probably wouldn't have had the opportunity before. So do it now before you listen to the rest of the show because we're going to do spoilers. And this is one of those movies that's actually quite expensive to obtain on Blu-ray. Like, I know there's an Arrow release. Oh, yeah, I got the Arrow release. Um, I actually bought it because I was like, yeah. I got William, I'm like building up my William yeah. Friedkin collection. I'm like, well, this is the perfect opportunity, yeah, so I like, bought it and I Generally, it. you know, those Blu-rays aren't discount, so it's like... Oh, yeah, it's not yeah. a... It's not, for some... Like, especially if you're just watching it to listen to this review, like, obviously, you're not going to go out and yeah. buy... But it's good to see these. But that's why you watch on, on Netflix. Yeah. That's why if you watch it on Netflix and you really love it, then you can import the. Arrow. Yeah, but it's good to see a movie like this on Netflix. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, no. So I guess we'll start with like we'll say the historical roots of the movie. Um, it's sort of set in uh, nineteen. What's the what's the actual year the movie set in? It it was probably filmed in seventy nine. Yeah, but the the movie was released in nineteen eighty. Yeah, so, so we'll say seventy nine eighty. Yeah, it's that um, that kind like of a year before. Basically, hey, you know what I just realized. We missed Pride Month by six days. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this oh, year. We're close enough. Close, close enough. enough. Yeah, this anyway, is a Pride sorry. <laughs> Go on. Uh, so, like, you have to keep in mind the context of the movie. It's a year before AIDS. So, the AIDS scare hasn't happened in the gay community yeah. yet. Um, so, you get a look at sort of, um, like, I guess we'll call it the gay community's fear in other aspects of their sort of um, I mean, lives also and how they... For lack of a better word, how they party and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but also the movie does deal with a very specific subculture the of heavy the gay leather. community, which was a topic of controversy, which we'll talk about later. So it's not just a movie no, about it's not the about, gay it's community. it's not about, quote-unquote, the gays. It's about yeah. a specific niche subculture very, yeah. of heavy leather, sort of um, almost bondage-esque. Uh, yeah, S&M. that's partly why there was a controversy when the film was released. Yeah. Because it, they felt, or a lot of the community felt, yeah, felt that yeah. they were stigmatised because, again, it's just you're focusing on the leather community and everyone that isn't knowledgeable assumes that's what the whole community Look, is all about. It's a very extreme yeah. part of... You know, as the larger yeah. homosexual yeah. culture, and um, I guess yeah, people got offended, thinking that like this is what Hollywood thinks we are. Yeah, where um, I mean, it was at a, it was I mean, it was at a time where for a move a movie to come out about the gay community, to just be about like the S and M heavy leather scene, pretty insulting. That they yeah. were like, hang on, people are going to go see this movie and think. That's all. We're That's about. all, the, and it's gonna it's gonna set civil rights back. Yeah, because it's like playing uh, up the smut angle. It's like here's yeah. something shocking that will get bums in seats. If you know what I mean. It's not like, a, yeah. I mean, I don't think that's exactly why it was done for the movie. But yeah, it's like if you shock an audience, a probably conservative audience or yeah. an audience who's also, not familiar, because yeah, it gets with people it. talking about it, it as well. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily made for shock because it, it, they, um, you know, William Friedkin knew uh, the, the mafia ran a lot of the gay clubs in yeah. New York. Um, and the head of the Gambino family at the time was a friend to William Friedkin. And um, they shot at one of these clubs. Yeah. And the boss of the Gambino family said to him, look, well, shoot all you want, just don't involve any sort of mafia well, business. Yeah. So, And a lot of the extras were members of that subculture itself. So it was made with the cooperation of that sub 
yeah niche like the, the that community that to community begin with. In, yeah. in terms of the where they filmed yeah. they actually got the patrons and stuff yeah so that community was they were on a, board a okay with it because it was yeah. authentic representation yeah. of their little subculture of the larger gay community yeah. but the larger gay community there were protests because yeah. it was like this will set us back in terms of gaining equal yeah. rights but then it's like that's that sort of that split argument well it's not about you <laughs> like I know it's like a larger. It affects obviously it affects everybody. Yeah, I mean, for for a movie just to be about any gay community at all is kind of a big deal in 1980. Oh yeah, so I mean, but anyway, we're kind of gonna let's roll it back and start at the start. So William Friedkin, famous director, known for his shocking films, I should say, or known for films that don't exactly. Uh, fit the mold yeah they're not exactly friendly to certain audiences um he read a book uh was it as a non was it non-fiction it's it's it was a, it was fiction oh it was a it's, fiction book this is this the movie was, gets weird right the movie gets weird because it's a it's based partly off of no but that's book. what i'm getting at right so it's yeah. a fi- it's, it was a fictional book set, uh, published in the 60s i think yeah set in the 60s about murders in the gay community. I think Friedkin read it probably in the mid-later 70s and was like, yeah, not really interested. This isn't really how the gay community is anymore. Like, this isn't really my thing. And then there were actual real-life serial killings in the 70s. They called him the body bag killer. Yeah, it's like body parts, severed body parts were found in like garbage bags or whatever. And so a guy was killing gay, like gay men in the gay, like, and that was a real thing. And it was close to what the book was as well. Yeah. And so then William Freakin was like, well, it'll be interesting if we, I don't, I now can't remember who, I think a, a producer got the rights and then uh, was friends with, like independently of William Freakin, but was friends with William Freakin. They had dinner one night and the producer was like, hey, you know, I got the rights to this book. And William Friedkin was like, hang on, I read that book and I didn't really like it. But oh, there's all these killings going on at the moment. Wouldn't it be interesting? And they kind of merged. So, it, yeah, it's a weird kind of combination yeah. of based on true events and also based on a novel. Yeah. But it's also still kind of true to the events that actually happened. The dude that plays yeah, Al well, Pacino, he's in the movie. Like yeah, the actual yeah. the, the dude that his character is based, based on. on. Yeah, yeah the, the cop. The cop who these so William this is a a thing you know yes uh, last week we talked about Werner Herzog and his his um what do you call it his uh, signature yeah and like, like the craziness what that goes on for. behind the camera yeah. yeah and William Friedkin's like that as well it's like he likes things to be real and so this is a case of that where he was friends with a police detective who this actually happened to who went undercover to find the killer or. Uh, Actually, it wasn't to find the killer. It was to find two two guys who were like robbing, and they might have been killing guys as well. But anyway, but anyway, it, it, it similar things happened to these guys that yeah. happened to Al Pacino's character. So, and so then William Friedkin was like talking to this cop about his experience, plus the fiction book, plus the real life serial killings, and sort of all this turned into Cruising, which was a movie about Al Pacino's character. Steve, I think so. Yeah, Steve, it's never Steve, really Steve Burns. Steve Burns. It's usually just. But he, he's he he yeah, he goes on his his captain comes or lieutenant or whatever comes, 
and like there are these serial killings in the he- heavy leather gay com- like SNM gay community <coughs> and we need to catch the killer go undercover as one of you know as as a patron uh, yeah and find out who it is and so he goes in and it's sort of he sort and of, it's his odyssey to catch the killer effectively yeah. and he's kind of shocked through the whole experience. yeah and he's like completely like doesn't know anything about this and he kind of has to work his way through this very specific niche world and it starts to affect him and his personal life and his personality and meanwhile you get more and more killings and he's like sort of getting close like it's a murder mystery with the heavy leather scene as a backdrop it's not really about the heavy leather scene no it's not really about the gay community but that's it's set amongst that yeah it's it's like it's like a we had a discussion a while back about genre mm. how like a genre is either like a thriller or a drama yeah. where like science fiction interferes or fantasy interferes. Oh yeah, yeah it's yeah, similar yeah. to that where what you have is a traditional cop going on the cover story, except the, uh, the yeah. subculture is kind of like the complicating yeah. factor where it's like not only do you have to find the killer, but you also have to appear authentic yeah, in this culture. Yeah, you have to fit into something to, that's So you, you don't extreme. stand out because like yeah. the killer won't go after someone he knows is a cop. Yeah. You know what I mean? It has to be, you have to be real. Yeah. It's I, like, it's it's similar to drug movies where you like the, the guy yeah. has to go undercover in the mafia and yeah. he has to learn to speak like them, act like yeah, them. Yeah, you have to, and that's Al Pacino's character as the movie goes on he sort of gets closer and closer to it and sort of uh, learns the... He starts to learn the specific... There's a great scene. We actually kind of see the moment where he embraces the subculture. Yeah. Um, There's a specific scene where he's doing the poppers. Oh, uh, the dance scene? Oh, yeah, that was good. The the, the, the handkerchief has obviously poppers poured in, so he's given a sniff and... Um, I guess the scene becomes a lot more colourful. Yeah, because yeah, it's kind of like dark and blue and then like they're doing drugs and dancing yeah. and like colours start sort of popping into the yeah. shot and there's like more psychedelic sort of imagery and yeah. like music and it's sort of like... And that's was dancing his heart out. Just, yeah. You know, yeah. That was finally was... one of the boys. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's dancing and having like a really great time yeah. and that's sort of like, that's almost like the... He's hit the peak, yeah, and now he's like more comfortable in his role. Because everything before that, he's very he's, much he's like, scared, he's uh, yeah. he's intimidated, he's not sure where he fits in, yeah, or how to really and approach people, the situation. People can kind of sense it on him, yeah. and yeah. so they that they don't really include him, yeah, yeah. So it's like that's sort of the point of the movie where he's accepted, and he sort yeah. of he accepts it himself. Yeah, um, that's a really great scene. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I like really- Pacino. So William Friedkin originally wanted <laughs> Richard Gere, which would have been a very different. Movie. Which uh, yeah, would have been a lot different. And because he looks well, more feminine. Yeah, than, like, Al Pacino has a really masculine aura, yeah. and which kind of suits the film too. Yeah, um, I think. But also, Spielberg was the first director attached. Could you that have- I that I I don't believe, but also I do believe because this this was like is this relatively early in Spielberg's. But see, William Friedkin, like we just said, keep in mind William Friedkin made this movie with yeah. a whole bunch of different things. So oh, yeah. it's, it's a William Friedkin movie. It even yeah. says William yeah, Friedkin's yeah. Cruising. So if Spielberg was going to make it, it, it was would probably be, the yeah. one based on um, the fiction just on the book, book. Yeah. No, years would, and years before. No, freaking, so it would have been completely different and probably a lot cleaner. And I was like, could you am, I correct, am I correct? Spielberg trying to make this, this movie? Is, this is also 70 Spielberg. So like still a bit more edge than... 
Now Spielberg. Am I correcting that Friedkin actually got banned from one of these places when he was trying to do research for the film? I, th- I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Because I he... remember reading a story that was like, he kept harassing them, asking questions and stuff, and they're like, don't come here anymore. I feel like that would be true. He also got banned from were... a few after the movie's release because they didn't <laughs> like it. Yeah, that, that's another thing. But there was also, he was talking about, he did go and they he did sort of not fit in, but he... He, he tried his best. He tried his best, and they let him into the community, sort of, to, to research or whatever. So it probably probably a lot of different things happen where, like, one club will be like, get out, you're making fools of us. Yeah. Another club will be like, okay, cool, you're actually trying to represent us. And then the movie came out, and some of them were like, you're banned, yeah, like, don't yeah, come back. What we have to remember is, yes, it's like it's a niche in the community, but it's all of these different subgroups, right? So you've got like, yeah. one club might be endorsing it, another club might think it's offensive, and like yeah. people are people. Oh, yeah, everyone's, like, everyone's going to have a different reaction. Yeah. Some, I'm sure some people absolutely hated this movie, while some loved it, even in that own insular community. Yeah, definitely. Like, you're not going to appease everybody. Yeah. Uh, I think like, also, maybe we'll talk about this later, but I think even though it's 40 years old and is about a very specific gay subculture, it handles it pretty well and it has aged pretty well. Yeah. Just, just not in terms... The filmmaking is mwah, still amazing, but not just in terms of the way they represent yeah, like there's nothing the gay that's, community. Uh, there's nothing overtly... Yeah, there's nothing homophobic. Like, yeah. There's nothing homophobic about the movie. Yeah, like I was... I was I, there's a couple of characters who are a bit like... but. There was never a moment. I was waiting for the characters to be like start bull- like bullying him or beating him up because he was in that community. But it's like there's it's not that the movie handles it very well with yeah. also maintaining like historical accuracy. So yeah. you have moments of like say the cops at the start and then yeah. sort of like I've, though I'm sure those incidents actually happen. Oh, definitely. Um, well, like I said, all like most of the moments in the film are based on true stories that the, like the cop guy told him or that someone else told him or that William Friedkin heard yeah. from, or read somewhere. But, you know, I, I agree. I think for the, for a movie being 40 years old, like as an LGBT movie, like, yeah. there's nothing that would, if that movie was sort of, if it was any other director, it probably would have been a bit, um, maybe yeah, a little bit more uh, offensive. We'll say inappropriate, yeah. offensive in today's light. I also like. I also do like that. There's because I mean, like we said, it's about that very specific subculture. So you don't really get a sense of any of the other larger gay community. You don't get a sense of the equal rights movement that that was happening. But there is uh, his neighbor Ted, who is the. I don't want to use the word normal. I, I I apologize for using that. But the normal gay guy. Do you know what I mean? He he's the um, he's not part of. He's that. the vanilla gay guy. He's not interested in the yes. kink. Yeah, exactly. Like to our best knowledge, basically, yeah. he's the non. He's the um. He's like the representative <clears throat> of the mainstream. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, this the, the sort of the kink that the movie uh, delves into is using the word extreme is sort no, of it not. Is. Yeah, it's, it's SNM. Like it's, it's, it's a very about, sp- it's a very yeah. specific thing, and yeah, Ted is the character that is yeah. more but, um a, timid. And like he's, he's just, bit, yeah, he's just a normal guy yeah. who's also gay. Like that's what I like about his character is like he's a window into just the main yeah the mainstream if you can call it that of the gay community. And he's I liked his character. Like he's an interesting guy, and he he befriends um, Al Pacino's character Steve, who Browns. who on his undercover name is John. Um, so John if we, Forbes. If we say Steve or John. We know we're talking about Al Pacino. 
<laughs> but anyway, yeah, like I like those scenes, like when they're in the diner. Yeah. And like they're just talking, and it's like he's just befriended. Oh, that's another thing, actually. This movie definitely could have been about a cop who was homophobic, who then, like, turned like yeah, learns to be accepting. But it's not that he's just a guy. He doesn't really understand the gay community. He doesn't he doesn't understand the heavy leather scene at all. But he gets thrust at because he if he goes he undercover, wants to be yeah. they'll give him a detective <laughs> yeah. shield like it straight like, away. It's the, look, to be fair, it was like the assignment that no other detective Which wanted. Which actually, I, just like, I know we're going a mile a minute, but there's so many things rolling <laughs> yeah. around in my head. Oh yeah, this brings me to another point. So one thing I really like about this movie is that. Like, like I said, it's not really about the gay community. It's about the murder mystery. And also, Al Pacino's character, like, his quote-unquote <laughs> development, if you can call it that, I like how he's like, he, he kind of just wants to be detective. And so, this undercover thing, it starts off as, yeah. It's a shortcut. I'll yeah. just, it's a shortcut. But it starts off as like, yeah, I can do it. And then, like, halfway, maybe a bit more, he was, like, begging the... Yeah, he's like, I Paul, can't do this Paul anymore. Paul Savino, yeah. Savino's character, like, the captain or lieutenant, whatever he is. He's like, I can't do this anymore. And the the cops, the other guy's just like, no, you, I need you. You're my guy Th- on the that inside. Scene, no, but that scene annoyed me because the other cop's just like, you think I like doing no, this? It's hard that, for me, too. I'm like... That's that's what I like about this movie. Mate, it's not it's, hard for... It's, I'm sure it's much no, no, way no, no, harder but for that, 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 That's what I'm getting, that's what I'm yeah. getting at, is I like how this movie is just, uh, just as much about cops as it is about the murder mystery and as it is about the gay, like the gay yeah. scene. It's like, I like how... Like, all the cops are corrupt to an extent. Even the captain, who seems like a nice guy, you can tell he's over it. Like, he's tired, and I'm pretty sure they made Paul Silvino look older than he actually was at the time. He's got grey hair, and you can tell he's just over it. He just wants to find the guy or pin it on somebody that they can pin it on. And then his superior is like, if you don't do it, you're out, and we'll get another guy. And so so he's throwing Al Pacino under the bus... So that uh, he can get the killer caught, you know, and there's. The- and I think it's best showcased when um, they initially have the suspect. Uh, what was the gentleman's name? The the wrong suspect. They initially pull. Oh somebody. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Skip the- Lee. Skip. Skip yeah. yeah. And when they pull him in, and they're getting uh, one of the uh, yeah. black officers to beat on him. Yeah, right. And that kind Which of is also based that, on a true that really story. Happened. I read. <laughs> yeah, I was reading through but, the IMDb. I'm like, that actually they actually yeah. use that tactic to basically. Look, very, very yeah. corrupt police behavior. But that's what but I'm it's saying. funny. It's like, do the most no. ridiculous thing you can while yeah. assaulting a suspect because yeah. they're not going to, the lawyers like, aren't going to believe him. Yeah. There was a giant black man in arseless chaps who beat me. It's like, yeah, he slapped yeah. me once cool, and walked cool out. Cool story, yeah. bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, no okay. one's going to. Yeah, the judge is like, yeah. get out of here. Go I feel like yeah. if enough people do say that, then eventually merits some kind of not, not if they change it up. That's true. And then a clown comes in. Yeah. No, but that's what I'm saying. Is like you, you, the movie starts with the two corrupt cops who like uh, harassing the, who are harassing um, the drag queens, the, the dragons, yeah. and then you've got the the captain who's like over it, who gets Al Pacino in. Then you've got Al Pacino who's kind of young and ambitious and just wants the fast track. And then you got the the interrogation scene where they're abusing the the um, the criminal guy, the guy they've arrested. And then you've got the end of the movie, which I really like. Where Paul Savino's character, who, like I just said, was like throwing up a chin on the bus, was just trying to get this murder solved. 
realizing that the dra- when the drag queen told him about the corrupt cops and he didn't really believe him, he's like, get out of here. Realizing that that story was true. On top of that, realizing that the the guy, Ted, like when Ted got murdered, realizing that um, Al Pacino's character while on the cover was living next door. And you can just see it all coming crashing down on his face. Like, what have I done? Like, uh, you know, I've been sleepwalk- probably sleepwalking through this job. I potentially created a monster with Al Pacino. I didn't believe the corruption in the department. Like, it's a in, like yeah. in a few small scenes with like no exposition, expositional dialogue, with no real attempt to explore or flesh this out. This movie is just about just as much about cops as it is, which I find really interesting, especially today where we're having these discussions about police brutality and so on oh mm. that's again you were saying like in a way this movie has aged incredibly yeah. well for a movie that's 40 years old yeah and deals with some heavy topics yeah that's what i mean friedkin baby that's what it's just a, like, that's like it is in a sense it is a cult classic because it's still relevant today yeah it's still like the themes are still relevant today like, uh, you know, it, it's still dangerous to be in a minority culture that can be victimized so easily. Oh, yeah, unfor- it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, unfortunately, we've come so far in 40 years and haven't yeah, come and, far at all. And there still is, you know, police um, harassment yeah. and brutality. Yeah. Uh, so the themes, like, haven't, like, they, the themes this movie delves into, they haven't changed, they haven't gone away. They're still present. Um, and it's like, yeah, the way it handles it for such an older movie mm. is just amazing. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, look, it's not, it is, it's not like, I wouldn't say it's the best movie I've ever seen, but it's like the way it handles its themes yeah. and it delves into these subjects yeah. is like, in my opinion, it's almost second to none. It's yeah. sort of like some of the, the way it handles the police stuff, the way it handles. It's definitely like, it's like freaking like firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Like this is not a lesser freaking, you know? No. Um, should we talk like one thing I think is really effective are the murder scenes. Yes. Like they make me feel uncomfortable as someone who watches, like I was talking about last week, someone who watches a lot of gory horror movies, someone who is desensitized to movie well, violence to an extent. It's, it's because of the way the movie handles vulnerability, right? Yeah. It's, it's people like, you know, lying on a bed, the guy's like on his stomach. Yeah, hogtied or hogtied, or yeah. even just like laying there on his stomach in the first murder. Yeah, um, and it's 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 about vulnerability and power. Yeah, like it's not flashy. It's not. It is a little gory, but it's not like over yeah. the top. But it it's about sort of that vulnerability. I think also because the atmosphere of the whole movie is so well done and so engrossing. And the music is really cool and creepy and like the sound design and cinematography is also amazing. So it's like, yeah, you, you're really sucked into this world. And then when the murders happen, it's like, ow, you know, like I would also about the soundtrack. I would say they use the germs, legendary punk band, the germs for this. Um, but which was funny like I'm glad they did because it suits the sort of the atmosphere of the movie yeah. better than the the real music well, they were yeah, using at the, the time clubs, they which is like just disco, disco and like, like Donna music, Summer which doesn't suit the sort of the heavy atmosphere I, I want I want a fan like I want a cut of the movie with the disco <laughs> yeah. because I just want to see what it would be like yeah it would because have been different I feel like you could still create you could you could do a contrast of like these guys 
doing SNM sort of sexual things in the club and on top and they just got like happy like dance yeah, like yeah. dance music like disco music um i feel like you but could I make feel it like the, you but could but the, i feel like for the movie and for, for like this the movie, danger yeah. it sort of feels better with like that sort of faster rockier punk music yeah yeah yeah, yeah he, he made, it, <laughs> made it probably made a good choice um but yeah, also i like how the the killer like the actor who plays the killer in the first scene then plays the victim in the second murder scene and then the killer from that scene and then he like the victim from the first yeah. scene plays the killer in the last scene they all use like, the same voice but it's different actors yeah, yeah. and so it's like you're Which never is, really that's, sure cuz that's one thing in some of these like horror movies and you sort of see the killer and it's like well it's kind of like well that's the thing is at the start of the movie, you sort of see the killer's yeah. face. And I was like, oh, I didn't know they yeah. were going to do that. I thought they were going to keep yeah, and then it it's a, a different act. And you're like, yeah. oh. And I was like, hang on a second. So there's no way to know like, yeah. who the identity is. But the voice is yeah. always the same. So I'm like, so it's the same guy. And at the end, it's sort of revealed that maybe there was two or more killers. Maybe and, Al Pacino and maybe is one Al of them. And maybe Al Pacino has become... And I was just like, freaking you, madman. Like because when it ends, uh, when when I sh- when when the con- when the confrontation between Al Pacino and the killer happens, it happens so fast. Yeah, that I, it was like a bit anticlimactic. I was a bit like, oh, is that it? Um, but I think why I like the movie is because it keeps going, and then there are these little sort of sections, like I said, about like the cops, and then there's the the murder of Ted. And then there's like the Al Pacino looking in the mirror kind of thing. And like, oh, this movie's a like There's subtle hints that there's more to the Al Pacino story yeah. in the movie. Like one scene with his missus, he says, You know nothing about me. Sort yeah. of like I'm like, Well, like, you know, what's what is that supposed yeah. to mean? It's kinda of weird and dark. Yeah. And yeah, it's like and when he aggressively knocks in the next door yeah. to Ted's like um boyfriend. Boyfriend, boyfriend. yeah. Um, yeah, and he like tries to rough him up, and it's like, where does this yeah. where does this where, come from? Like, yeah. are we seeing scenes He's slowly that freaking th- sort of shot? No, like, I think slowly, slowly throughout the movie, it's like the scene. It just, just gives you seeds of doubt. Yeah, the the being engrossed in this subculture has changed him. Whatever that means, not really sure. It's like whether he's questioning his sexuality, whether he's. Uh, opening up to more violence in in him, like you're not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they definitely cut some of that out. Uh, I think well, that's that we will talk. Well, yeah. well this is we'll, we'll talk about it now. We'll, we'll talk about it, but first we'll go to a very quick break. You are back on the Tuesday review, talking Al Pacino and William Friedkin's Cruising. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're at the stage in our review where we're going to talk about the 40 minutes of cut footage of this film. Mm. Um, and there's two sort of, there's two hypotheses. There's two sides to this sort of story. What was that last 40 minutes? Yeah. Was it, uh, look, William Friedkin more recently has come out and said, 
it was it's basically just gay porn that he yeah. shot it's to just get the sex. It was just graphic sex. Yeah. And he shot to get the censor to cut it, right? Yeah. Uh, a common tactic filmmakers use. Yeah. Um, but is 40 a, minutes is a lot. 40 minutes is a lot. <laughs> but it's a common tactic they use. You know, they'll, they'll shoot some stuff they know will get knocked back. Yeah. So the rest of it will get accepted. Yeah. Seth Rogen famously did it in Sausage Party, <laughs> expecting his yeah. final scene to get cut, and, and it didn't. didn't. And he was just like, okay. <laughs> Probably because they didn't watch yeah. that far. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but in this, in this, in this sense, like in, with this movie, there's two, there's two ideas. Was it basically just graphic sex that yeah. they shot just to get cut and because they could, yeah. or was the other the pop and the other popular opinion is was there forty character minutes of yeah. character development and sort of other scenes that cast Al Pacino's character as possibly a killer? I think it was definitely like a bit of both. Yeah. Um, and I don't doubt that William Freakin like wanted to make the movie the way it is. Um, without having a lot of like expositional or like character development, like slow scenes, like, and the movie doesn't really need that. It doesn't really suffer from those missing scenes. No. But, and, and there is a, the, I like, there's an ambiguity to it that I like. No, that it definitely but adds to there's the definitely, movie. Yeah. There's definitely at least a couple scenes where I was like, there needs to be something before that. Like for instance, when Ted gets murdered, right? I want to know. I'd like to know a that. Bit. No, that I don't. That I don't. No, think. but like, there's to be seen somewhere where there's yeah. more about the feelings leading up to that. If it was no, that I, that I like the ambiguity because he keeps complaining about his boyfriend who's been out of town. His uh, the boyfriend comes back, and then you can hear him fighting, um, and then he gets murdered, and and then. Al Pacino, you know, finds out the cop finds out Al Pacino is living next door, and so I was just like, "Wait, was his boyfriend the killer or a killer?" And I was like, "Wait, is it supposed to be Al Pacino is the killer? Is this random? It can't be just random, you know." Like, yeah, it, it made me think like more. So I don't know. I don't know if you need that much backstory or other scenes to flesh that out. But there was one scene which we were talking about off mic where like Al Pacino, like there's definitely, there's a scene in the middle where Al Pacino and his girlfriend like break up and she's like, oh, you're not, you've kind of lost interest in me. Like, and I was just like, hang on the scene a few bit before this, they were in love. And now you're, and I know we've seen him at the, the clubs and getting deeper and deeper into the, the culture, but I was just like, there need to be one more scene where you can see that he's losing interest, probably because of being undercut. Whether it's he's questioning his sexuality or whatever, that that was one scene where I was like, that felt like maybe it was missing. Mm. Whether they shot it or, or or wrote it at all, I don't know. I mean, he, yeah, he definitely goes through that journey of questioning sexuality, like the the scene with Skip Lee. When um, yeah. he's a suspect and they burst in and he's like, you're too he's tied early. up. Too, it was tied up. There might've been yeah, some sort of act about to go down. He's caught. Yeah. These cop buddies bust in and they're like, we're going to save you. He's like, no, you came too early. Came in too early. Yeah, give me 10 more minutes. And you can see yeah. in his eyes that it's yeah. like, maybe it's not just about the fact that he wants to catch the killer in the act. Yeah. Not just you came in too early because you didn't catch him in the act of trying to kill me. But it's like you came in too early because we didn't get finished doing our yeah. He wanted to explore dirty business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like especially from my perspective, having just watched it today, it was 
like again everyone is going to have a different idea of kind of what the movie was all about but for me it really felt it was just as much i guess murder mystery as it was mm. um steve's i guess exploration of his sexuality mm. and kind of experiencing this whole new thing that either he may have not known about or he yeah. had suppressed in himself that's that's something he... that's something we were talking about off air as well like there's definitely probably one scene which they probably cut or maybe they didn't shoot it but they considered it where steve does engage in some sexual act with another man yep. because the movie never really goes that far there's some like intimate touching or whatever but then it always like cuts the next scene or he leaves so it's like they're always very careful to be like this is a straight cop who's just undercover and so they never really but i feel like there might have been a scene or there could have Look, been a scene also I'll say Al Pacino was famously scared when making this movie, right? Yeah. He um, well, so I, I think that maybe part of this barrier also could have just been Al Pacino he, was like I'm not yeah, doing I'm that. I'm not doing yeah. yeah. But uh, or, like that that kind of works for the character. Oh, no, it though, works for the character, but the, like as far as the actor goes, it, like realistically, he could have just been like I'm not doing X Y or Z. I'm also, yeah, also at the time if an actor did go too far, then he probably would have been ostracized to an extent in terms of mainstream Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, like, you know. It, yeah, if they had used a, you know, a non-famous actor, it might have been a different story. Yeah, which I think Richard Gere was not that big in eighty. When did Off- Officer and a Gentleman come out? I'll look it up. Yeah, but, but I think I think that's one of the reasons Friedkin wanted Gear because he wasn't a huge star, whereas Al Pacino by that 82. point. Eighty-two. Okay, so, so it's before that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so that's probably why he wanted Gear because he wasn't such so a big could, star. So he could go but the studio, full hard yeah, with the, Richard Gear. The studio was like, no, Al Pacino's really big. Like he's, yeah. you know, had all these but hits. But no, it works. Al Pacino, in, in the, even William Friedkin, who wasn't, who didn't really like Al Pacino's performance when they made the movie, now admits that it's actually pretty good. And I think, I, I think it's a really interesting role for Al Pacino and he does a great job. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like it's because like, the you can see the fear in his eyes. He's just like looking confused and afraid, and you're like, yeah, you know, I can understand he's, that. Yeah, he's really selling yeah. it. He's his boy. <laughs> yeah. Then he gets, you know, again, gets into the dance mode, you know. And yeah, and the, the dance bothers, scene as well. Like, yeah. kind of gets into it, becomes part of it. I like the and, masculinity of the character too. Like, that's why he's perfect. He has the, yeah, he has he, like he's slightly built. He has also, that rough yeah, look to him because he's kind of like a short, stocky Italian guy. Like, it kind of fits into that New York. No, yeah. definitely. Like, like all the other guys Richard, look like that. Richard Gere is like <laughs> yeah, more yeah. of a very cosmopolitan a looking, yeah. Le- yeah, like leading man. But then but, again, with Richard Gere, you could have played the alienated angle more because he would look mm. different. Like a lot yeah. of the other guys are like burly, sort of like hairy yeah, chested dudes, and Richard Gere's gone. All the mustaches yeah. and the goatees, and yeah, Richard Gere is a more effeminate sort of man, Maybe. right? So mm. with Richard Gere, it would have been a different movie. He would have been a more alienated character. That would have been interesting. Whereas like. Al Pacino sort of he he looks like everyone else in the club to yeah. an extent. Oh yeah, he, yeah. Now touching on the idea of like the missing scenes and how obviously we get the floating of the idea that um, Steve's could have been one of the killers. Yeah, I think it works quite nicely with the idea of again he's obviously seeing this part of his sexuality. Yeah. He's having the trouble with his uh, misses. He's then trying to I guess he's feeling more involved with some of the men mm. and. He's obviously got that internal conflict. 
could that be the reason why he's killed Ted? Because he has a fight with Gregory. Oh. Like, he has no reason to fight Gregory because he's not... Allegedly, he's not, you know, thinking about Ted at I all. I didn't think of Is that. he jealous? But, but then, then he's yeah, jealous. It's jealousy because, like I said, they do have the... They, they, they do you become don't deserve friends. Ted. Yeah. They do become friends. And, then, and yeah. then he's obviously conflicted over the idea of, like, well, why does he care for Ted? He's not... At least he thinks he's not gay. Yeah. At the same time, so he's got that internal conflict, and that may be why. And that's also he ends up killing Ted. that's also why the the main killer who gets caught, uh, who, he every time he kills someone, he's like, "You made me do this." Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's because he's channeling his father, who disapproved of him being gay, and so maybe the cycle, quote unquote, continues with Al Pacino, who's like kills Ted because he's like why are you making me feel well, yeah, this why are you way making me feel this way yeah and it kind of again that whole idea of at that one point in the movie and towards the middle when he just can't take it anymore he's trying to get off the case mm. like that is probably like I guess the peak of his turmoil yeah where he's just like conflicted he's like am I am I not you know and then yeah. he's just like, tearing his family life yeah. apart mm. like yeah I think it's a, a solid exploration like again I'm not a person that identifies as, you know, LGBTQ. Mm. So I can't say that with, you know, that kind of perspective. But as at least an, as an observer, you know, it could be yeah. something that a person would go through, especially think, when they're exploring those, you know. I think what I like about the movie and what I like about Friedkin is there is that ambiguity. And so the movie is not like it doesn't really uh, it's not on the nose about yeah. any of this. We're kind of explaining it in a way where it's like, oh, well, it's this. Yeah. But it's like, I, like I said at the start of the show, I was like, this sh- movie definitely could have been like a homophobe learns to American accept. History X for, for gay people. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> much, much more on, okay. much more on the nose. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. That journey It definitely could have been more scenes of Al Pacino like wanting to kiss a guy and then getting angry at yeah. him and like but there's nothing like that it's always very ambiguous very yeah it's more left to the audience to put things together yeah and i guess like infer which i think if you trust your audience and you have a i'm not gonna say smart audience but as an audience that's willing to put in the work yeah yeah I know, that, this movie that doesn't hold well. your hand and no. it, and that's usually the ultimate film experience yeah. where you have to take parts of what the filmmaker is giving you kind of and understand and that, that's a great film. Whereas if you just shown everything, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's why when I watched this movie months ago and I talked about it briefly in a review roundtable, I'm like, it's a movie that you have to digest, right? You have to yeah. sit with it a little bit. You have to think about. It. You have to reflect. Yeah, because like it, you know, like I was thinking about this movie for days afterwards, just it's, thinking about the characters and what, like, like could Al Pacino be a killer? Like, yeah, what, like, I where mean, are all the like, pieces? I mean, like a lot of great movies, but like Friedkin kind of tends to do with his movies is like he challenges you. Yeah. And he kind of, he likes to do this with his actors, like where he puts them off balance, where like they'll rehearse a scene over and over again and then he'll he'll yell action and then he'll be like, no, we're not doing that dialogue. And they'll, the actors will be like, what? So he likes to keep the, like they'll, they'll rehearse in a set and then the actor will go and then come back and the set will be completely different. And the actor will be like, what? He likes to throw them off balance. And I think he likes to do that to the audience as well. You know, he's just like, you're not... And this movie definitely has that where, like we talked about with the atmosphere and stuff. Yeah. I mean, He's just like, you're not going to be... You're not going to know... Like, you're yeah. going to be unsettled. You've only got, like, you've only got at max, in, in any any film, you've only got max three hours. Right? Sort of, yeah. And so, but and if you're going to tell a complicated story that has a lot of moving pieces, you can't you can't explain every step of the way. You have yeah, to... You have to... No, what I'm saying is... yeah. You have to 
No, but what I'm saying is this movie, like like I keep saying, this movie definitely could have been a simple 90-minute yeah, he's the homophobe guy. He goes undercover. At the end, he learns to accept, and then he shakes hands with the gay guy. And then, but then he goes home to his wife. Thing kind yeah. of like it definitely yeah. could have been. But in, in movies like this, where like one of the core themes is uh, your changing sense of identity, you can't you can't use exposition every step of the way to say to all the audience, yeah. here's what I'm doing now. Look at this. Pay attention to this part. Yeah. You kind of have to, you lay I mean, a few breadcrumbs and then you let people yeah. digest it. But what you're describing is the good, the best way to do it. The, 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 like a good way, like William Friedkin made a good movie because he didn't paint by the numbers. He didn't play it safe. He didn't, uh, uh, explain everything to the audience. Yeah, like but part like of this, they part definitely of that, could have done this for this movie with a voiceover. Yeah, and would have sucked. Yeah, and like part of the the good thing about this movie is it leans into the confusion of yeah, like the Steve ambiguity. And, yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's ultimately I feel also a truth for a lot of people that even at the end of let's just say a journey of sorts, you don't you're not necessarily in one camp. You're still unsure. Uh, yeah. It'd be cool if this movie was like they treat, they gave it the Blade Runner treatment where there's like three different versions <laughs> you can watch. One where Al Pacino narrates everything. You know what I mean? Like slightly different editing. And then he's like, and then I killed Dead. He's like, hua. Yeah, hua. We went to the club. Hua. Yeah. When he does the, does the, the poppers and the, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Actually, I, I can't remember if I'm making this up. I, I maybe I am. I'm pretty sure Friedkin was like when directing Al Pacino was like don't go full Al Pacino. He let Al Pacino go full Al Pacino once. 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 That's what, okay. So yeah. I'm not making it up. No. Yeah. Once. Um. But this was also before yeah. Al Pacino became a meme yeah. in the '90s. Um. Look, we'll move on because there's still stuff I want to talk about. Yeah. yeah go ahead. Um. The, Paul Bateson is uh, allegedly the body bag killer. He oh, yeah, we were one. getting to that at the start. <laughs> we yeah. went off track. Yeah, so William Friedkin worked with a gentleman called Paul Bateson as a radiologist sort of extra dude on the Exorcist movie. Um, yeah, in the scene, in like we said, Paul, Paul uh, William yeah. Friedkin likes to make things real, use yeah. non-actors. When they shot the scene where Reagan gets uh, x-rayed in the Exorcist, the radiologist, like, it was an actual yeah. real guy. And the radiologist was the serial... The actor that played well, the radiologist no, was the serial... They never proved that it was him that he was, was the body for bag one. He was caught for one. He was caught for one killing. And he admitted softly in prison to more. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I may have done those body bags, but they, then he's like, they want me to confess, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. So it's highly likely... But it's crazy yeah. that they, they shot The Exorcist, which had a whole bunch of other crazy stuff happen. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, infamous. the most haunted movie in history. Yeah, yeah. and there's like, the, oh, there's an actual serial killer in the movie, and then William Friedkin's May making cruising, and is like, hang on, the guy who was in my movie, The Exorcist, He's being has charged. been convicted. Yeah. He's like in jail, so he went. William Friedkin went to see him in jail, and was like, hey, I'm making this movie. Do can you talk to me about murder? <laughs> <laughs> Like it's it's so crazy. It, it's just really weird to think that William Friedkin yeah. may have actually yeah. known the dude that was doing the murders that the that movie inspired is also his based movie. On. That, it's oh like, god, it's, it's crazy. a circle. Time is a flat circle. Yeah, yeah what is that, Russ Colson? Russ Colson, let's just go full true detective mode and be like, time is a flat circle. All right, <laughs> William Friedkin is the key. <laughs> it's the key to all this. Oh man, and uh, James Franco was obsessed with this movie. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess... I haven't watched the documentary. I, yeah, I didn't want to it. talk about this because James Franco is such a douche sometimes. And he I think is, this is an I, example I, of Look, it. I don't like James Franco personally. I, don't, uh, I think he's overrated. Yeah. But um, he did get obsessed with this movie and made he, a documentary about the missing 40 minutes. So, which, like, did it ever even come out? It did, but it would have been like very uh, uh, limited release, uh, straight to video, even. Because I think I just got the assumption that production would have been doomed when William Friedkin was just like, "But dude, it was just gay porn." Yeah, and it's just like, but, but that, "Why did I spend see, all this, this money this, and hours this making this documentary?" This, this, is, this is the thing. James Franco has a tendency. It, look him up on IMDb. <laughs> yes, he's in all those funny comedies. Great. He also has a tendency to buy the rights to like beloved classic novels, like Amer- American classic novels, and just like make them into really bad, low budget movies. And he just churns them out. Like, look it up. Like, he's got a whole bunch, and no one watches them, and they don't, they're not good, and they don't do well. Um, and there's also that story of like he was, uh, he, he got like a, I don't know if he failed or he got a lower mark than he wanted on a university paper that he handed in and he like took the professor to the higher ups in the university and got him to change. He's like, do you know who I am? Kind of thing. Um, but anyway, that's like, yeah, my dad's, um, Harry Osborne or Norman Osborne, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's kind of when, when he made the documentary about the missing 40 minutes of cruising, I was just like, it felt very much of like James Franco's being a d- hipster douche again. You look, know what I mean? It, it is, yeah. Look, and he did I it without. On- he did it without uh, William Friedkin knowing. Then started shooting the movie. I think almost finished or finished it. Then called up William Friedkin, and William Friedkin was like, "Yeah, it was just some porn, like but graphic that, sex." But like cut. that also would make me laugh if William Friedkin knew that wasn't true and was just sort of being messing like, with him, just messing with him. Yeah, that would like, be good. <laughs> like it was just it was just gay porn, you know. What's the whole deal? Yeah. Like just to make James Franco feel like he wasted all this <laughs> yeah. time and effort for not talking to William Freakin in the yeah. first place. Uh, <laughs> this I is what like you get. Oh, this is what you get. I just find that funny. We'll never know. Yeah. Like Event Horizon, we'll never know the oh, missing footage. We'll never know. I was just kidnap Al Pacino and be like, "What else did you shoot?" <laughs> Al Pacino yeah. famously doesn't like talking about this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't. And, and I really, think some I, of the scenes he's, he's, trying, to, yeah, yeah. I, I, he's I, trying his best to block it all out. I, tu- I turned on the uh, commentary after, like, I finished the movie and then rewound it a bit and turned on the commentary with uh, Wim Freakin and Mark Commode. And um, and and Mark Commode's like, I, I I asked Al Pacino about this movie once, and Al Pacino's like. Yes, mm, that's an interesting movie, and they just didn't say anything else. <laughs> and William Friedkin's like, you know what? That's that's as much as you're gonna get, and that's all you want to get from Pacino. You don't want to talk to Pacino. <laughs> this is like flashbacks of him playing Lucky Dip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all oh, I God. see is Lou. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, like also uh, one other thing um, just uh, cycling back a, a couple of seconds to the the real life killer of these movies the song the serial killer sings the nursery rhyme um, was actually sung by a killer at the time to a victim okay. who lived so that oh yeah rhyme, I think I read that yeah, yeah, yeah the nursery rhyme says I'm here you're here we're here was actually sung to a dude as he was Attempted. How terrifying would that be? Oh, yeah, man. and it's like a creepy like. It's like if you're gonna murder too. someone, at least have it's respect just, to know, do it truth, silently. Truth please. is stranger than fiction. Yeah. It's like if you watch this movie and be like, that there's no way a killer would sing to his victim. That's such a lame movie thing. It's such a Hollywood then, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's no, a, like and then this, you're like, oh, that actually happened. No, this movie is as authentic as a movie can possibly be. Yeah, in every in every way. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like the I like the bit where he breaks into the apartment through the fire escape and he like puts the newspaper in the fan so it stops it and then pulls the thing. And then I was watching the interview with William Friedkin. He's like the the cop. Um, Ran- Randy Jorgensen. Yorg- yeah, I think it is the uh, cop who's like this is actually based on was like a consultant. He's in the movie as an actor, but he's also a consultant on the movie. And and William Friedkin was yeah. like, "How does he get in the apartment?" You know, and this is like you go up the fire escape and you go in the <laughs> he's like we did it we did it was the cops se- all the it was time the 70s. The 70s, it's like it's no not rule. that hard he's like if new york new york wasn't yeah. that great if anyone stopped me i flash yeah. them flash my badge and tell them to buzz off kind of thing that actually that's another thing this movie is it's peak new york peak new york like 1980 yeah. like dirty gritty, like yeah, violent yeah like yeah. gritty it's such a great period piece um and you know we're talking about I mean, we'll, oh, we probably talk about it a lot, but movies used to feel dangerous. Yeah. Like there weren't rules. Yeah. Um, this is kind of like the la- the latter years. It's like started probably late 60s, early 70s. And they're like this is the the tail end of like, yeah. like movies still felt kind of like... It's raw. This movie's yeah. raw. It's dangerous. I can't imagine the studio having too much control over what Friedkin did. No, you know exactly. I mean? He probably just went out and did his thing and then he was like, here, I finished it. And they're yeah. like, oh. Like, I don't, this wasn't like <laughs> a, like this was probably wasn't like a huge studio picture and I don't know how well it did at the box office, but the fact that it like was a, you know, a big uh, A-list star and um, was, you know, a theatrical, like big movie. It was a big movie. Oh, it's um, definitely a risk for Patino. You don't, yeah, <laughs> but you don't get like like we always talk about. You don't get movie, yeah. like cruising would never come to a mainstream cinema oh, today. No, and what like I don't even know if a streaming service would pay for it. Like pay to produce, they it. would, but it's it would be it would be lower budget. It wouldn't be as star. It wouldn't be as well done, and it. To be fair, be... William Friedkin was probably just like, look, to all the extras at the gay clubs. Look, I'll just throw you a party. Just turn up. <laughs> oh, but that's a yeah, yeah. no, that, that's a different sort of thing. I, I'm not talking about like logistics or budget. I'm just talking about like just making a movie like this at all. Oh yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, especially like, today, raw... it would be deeply unpopular. You you would have like for a it would be, no, it would be so niche. Yeah, it would be, it would be, it would be, it would be in the LGBTQ section of. The streaming service. Yeah, it wouldn't be released you know, as a would, thriller like yeah, it was yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And I feel you'd also have so much more, I guess, um, consultant and oversight where you can't do things as yeah. edgy anymore because, you know, I guess correctness. Where this story, I think, it goes it goes in a direction where, again, people were very, very angry at the time. Yeah. And again, you wouldn't be able to produce this today. And that's just because there wasn't that oversight yeah. and, and everything else today, well, that we have today. If we did have it today, you just couldn't make it. In saying that, though, there are probably a lot more mainstream A-list actors now who would probably take the risk of oh, yeah. doing a movie <laughs> where they play a gay character. James Franco would absolutely do it. Oh, <laughs> it, he does it on his lunch break. That's like, what I was going to say. But <laughs> again, you get into the whole idea of, again, should like mainstream hetero actors be playing you know, LGBT people? That's also should true. Should we not be reserving those roles? But then again, that, this, but then again, but this then the movie, whole, no, this movie deals with that because yeah. it's it's a straight character. Yeah, it, um, yeah. The whole point into is, a different lifestyle. Yeah. The whole point is he changes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So the, this is this is one on the line dealing more towards yeah. like he's a straight character who starts to question, yeah. not like a gay character who's and just it's also discovering. The straight actor that starts to question things as well, but yeah. you don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about that. Anymore. He did some things that he uh, he regrets. <laughs> I've seen he things you things people wouldn't believe. Yeah. Hankies, hankies everywhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I see yellow hankies, <laughs> green hankies, blue hankies. <laughs> this movie's also great for like. Oh my god, it's that actor. He's so young. Yeah. Like Ed O'Neill is in this movie. I was like, what? He's so young. James Ramar. I'm like, oh, Powers Booth is the hanky salesman. Oh my god. And Joe Spinell. I'm like, oh my god, so many great like 70s actors and like actors who became famous later on, but like so young. Like, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, Alan was like looking at one of the guys and be like, he's in Goodfellas. And I was like, yeah, oh. Paul Silvino, uh, Karen, Arl- Karen Allen is great. Like, I was just like, oh my god, so many great. It's like, oh, that's that guy. Oh, cool. Great. Yeah, it's a great movie. Great like, movie. if you want to be challenged, it's well worth watch. Yeah, it's it's not just, a movie we would usually... Just don't watch it with your mum. Yeah. <laughs> we were watching it at our house today. Unless and, she's uh, super woke. Yeah, look, yeah. we were watching it at our house today, and mum was looking after the dog, and, like, we're going to put the movie on, and it's like, Callum's, Callum and Alan are like, look, it's okay with me. And I'm like, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> oh, look, it's, it's a heavy movie thematically. But the worst you see in terms of like nudity is bums. It's still it's still pretty edgy though. Like graphic, it's not super graphic, but it's still it's not. Yeah, you know. And even, then Dad even, walks even, in. He's like, "Good movie." Dad yeah. like, walks in. <laughs> even, even that, like the whole like murder scenes of like getting hogtied and then stabbed, like even that, like not being, I guess well, there is a it's sexual aspect. It's not super graphic, but, but still, it's, it's it, unsettling. Yeah, it's yeah, unsettling. Yeah. So. It's really there are really effect, it's a really effective movie. Yeah, it's not something we would like always like, like probably talk about in the show. But yeah, it's a good opportunity, and it's one of like I said, uh, it's one of those movies. Like you said, William Friedkin, the story behind the movie is almost as yeah. good as the movie itself. And it's one that I've been meaning to watch for so long, and I'll just like I gotta watch it. I gotta, and this is a good excuse to sort of force myself to just. Yeah, finally it's, it's probably down. not a movie Alan would have watched unless I uh, forced him to come over yeah, and yeah. watch so it. Probably not so sit down and watch it myself, <laughs> yeah. I'd say. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, like, take a, it also take has, a chance. One thing I want to mention while we're still um, talking about it. Yeah. Uh, that scene where um, Al Pacino's character meets the killer in the park... Yeah, and it's it, it's it's like it's at night time, and you've got yeah, the, they sit lamps. on the yeah they sit on the uh, the chair near the street lamps, beautifully shot. Yeah. It looks like a painting. Yeah, it's so picturesque. I love. It. It's like my favorite shot in the whole film. It's got yeah, it's got a great uh, sort of late seventies, early eighties. You know, actually, that's something we need to talk about as well. You know, we're talking about dangerous movies. Like it's got that Taxi Driver era. Yeah. of like that. It's like that new new Hollywood kind of. Like I said, late sixties, early seventies to the early eighties is like before the whole blockbuster thing happened yeah. with all the like genre, like uh, sci-fi action movies in the mid eighties. It's like this was still like before the PG thirteen was dirt, even invented. Dirty, grimy New York. Movie. Yeah, it's like this is the new Hollywood, like directors, you know, breaking the rules and doing their own sort of thing. And this is definitely one of those kind of the the, the latter latter part of that kind of era. One of those kind yeah. of movies. Yeah, go watch it. Yeah, check it out. It's pretty cool. Um, that's all for tonight, everybody. Um, thank you for listening. Please like and share the Tuesday Review Facebook page, the Twitter, the Instagram, um, and like and uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts <laughs> and Spotify. Spotify and your podcast app. You can. We're we're pretty much everywhere. Yeah. 
Alrighty. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week. Adios, cousins.